Okay, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the library. We are excited to have Jeremy Kingery with us today. Today, actually, this program starts our One Book, One College program for the year on the book Illegal, which is written by a former student, and it's about his life as an undocumented immigrant. So I hope you will go and um, pick this up. It's at the bookstore. We have it for checkout here in the library. And the reason that this program about academic success and being successful academically fits into that program is so much of this book is about his journey through education, through higher education, and some of his time here at Moraine Valley. So we thought we would take that as a theme, the, the process of education and being prepared as a student, and do some events looking at that beyond um, the other themes that he talks about in the book. So that's why we're here. Um, Jeremy Kingery is one of our advisors, and um, he'll tell you about that probably along the way. Um, he also teaches political science. He's um, one of our best. He does all kinds of other things related to advising, and I'm super happy he's here. So with that, I will turn it over to him. Thank you, Jeremy. All right. Thank you, Troy. Um, so yeah, again, as Troy said, my name is Jeremy Kingery, one of the academic advisors here at the college. And uh, this is actually a presentation I started giving a couple years ago to College 101 classes. And um, it kind of grew from two things. One, uh, about 19 years ago, almost to the day, I was a first-generation college student. Um, you know, my parents were very supportive of me going to school, but at the same time, you know, they didn't know the ins and outs of college because they weren't a student ever themselves. The other side is after 10 years of working in higher education, I noticed a common theme, and that is whenever students get into trouble or they have issues, the first thing they always say is, well, nobody ever told me that, or I didn't know I couldn't do that. So I kind of started noticing, you know, common things coming up over and over, and uh, I decided to put them together, offer them in a presentation. College 101 always seemed like the appropriate format because generally those are first semester uh, college students in that class. So I am basically going to focus on two main things today. Uh, one is looking at some college policies that I think every student should be aware of uh, because those are some of the issues that come up that tend to impact student success. And then I'm going to talk about student expectations. Uh, student expectations basically being things that, that we expect of you uh, as an institution, we expect of our students, and quite frankly, things that you should be expecting or uh, doing you know, um, as you go along. So if something doesn't make sense, if you have a question, you know, feel free to uh, stop me or ask me to clarify something, because uh, you know, it really is about getting you all the information today. So we're going to talk about a bunch of different policies, um, and the first one is what we call SOAP, or Standards of Academic Progress. And you know, one of the things I always like to start by saying is that I like to dispel a very um, common misconception amongst community college students. And that is simply to say that your grades and what you do here does, it matters, okay? I've heard all the crap from students about how community colleges aren't real school and I'm just killing time until I can get to university. And the reality is what you do here matters. Um, for the students who are here today, how many of you at some point plan to transfer? You'd like to go to a university, okay. So I don't know if you're aware or not, but most universities will not even consider your application for admission if you don't have at least a 2.5 GPA. Now, if you don't know, a C is a 2, a B is a 3. So you need to be somewhere you know, in the middle there to even be considered. Now, that doesn't mean you'll be accepted. That just means they'll consider your application. Okay. Um, also, for those of you, if you're trying to get into any of our competitive admissions programs here, that could be the nursing program, rad tech, the fire science, you know, any of those competitive admissions programs, GPA is one of the factors that helps you, you know, potentially get into that program. So simply put, your grades do matter. What you do here, you know, does matter. Now beyond that, Moraine has a system that you might hear, you know, often referred to as SOAP or Standards of Academic Progress. So what does that mean? Basically, 
you need to maintain a 2.0 or better GPA, okay? If you maintain a 2.0 or better, we consider that good standing and we're gonna leave you alone and never bother you. If at any point you fall below that 2.0, there are uh, different levels that you'll fall to. So the first step is caution. So the first time you fall below that 2.0, you're gonna go on caution. You're required to attend an academic success workshop. There'll be an advisor like myself, uh, one of the members of the counseling staff will be there. We go through a presentation and then once that's complete, you're able to register for the next semester. Now, that next semester, what we then have to start doing is looking at not only your semester GPA, but your cumulative GPA, right? Cumulative being reflective of everything you've done since you've been a student here at Moraine Valley. So let's say that next semester, your semester GPA is above a 2.0, but it wasn't enough to pull your overall or cumulative GPA above a 2.0. That student would be what we call continued caution. It means you're trending back in the right direction, you're just not quite there yet. Now, if both your semester and cumulative GPA are below that 2.0, you fall to the next level. Next level being probation. Uh, when you're put on probation, you are required to meet individually with a counselor to discuss some further success strategies, you know, see what we can do as a college to help you, uh, you know, achieve academic success. And then from there, it's the same deal. You're either trending back towards good standing or you're further progressing down the rabbit hole. Next step is suspension. Um, when you are put on suspension, you have to sit out for one semester before you can take classes again. You come back, you're required to meet with a counselor uh, again upon your return, further discuss what's going on, see what we can do to try and help you, okay? From there, same deal, right? You're trending back towards good standing or are you falling further down the hole? At that point, next step would be dismissal. At that point, you are dismissed for a full academic year. So that would be, for example, let's say a student gets put on dismissal after this semester. They would not be able to take classes next spring, summer, or fall. So that student would actually be uh, not able to return until, what would that be, January of 2017, I think would be uh, the semester that they could return. And the thing about it is, at that point, it's not automatic. You actually have to petition the college for reinstatement. So, you know, basically have to plead your case as to why Moraine Valley should give you yet another chance uh, towards, you know, academic success, okay? One thing I always like to point out when I talk about this, um, a lot of students don't realize uh, if you've ever taken a developmental class, so that could be math 90, 95, 98, that could be any of the reading classes, 41, 71, or 91, uh, or the COM 85 or COM 90. Those classes do not affect your college GPA, but they do affect your standing in terms of the standards of academic progress. They also affect you in terms of your financial aid eligibility. So I'm gonna talk about financial aid in a couple minutes, all right? So point being, you know, at the end of this semester, when you guys go online and you check your grades and you see a GPA, that is reflective of your college GPA. That does not reflect any developmental classes that you took. So you may need to actually hand calculate your GPA to see where you are in terms of standards of academic progress or financial aid, okay? So you always wanna be aware of that. Make sense? We doing okay? Yeah, you guys don't wanna be here, right? You're, you're forced to, Claudia made you come. Where's Claudia? I know she made you guys come. <laughs> That's all right, you're gonna learn something anyway, so even if you don't wanna be here. Um, I always like to talk about dropping, worth, dropping versus withdrawing. Um, I find students tend to use these terms interchangeably, and there are some important differences that you wanna be aware of. So dropping, okay, now first, the deadline varies for both, all right? So this semester, I'm teaching a uh, full semester political science class. It started back on the first day of class, the 17th. Those students had eight days to drop that class. So I told them on the first day, if you don't like me after today, you can go drop and get your money back, okay? So once you go past that eighth day, 
you, you're into the withdrawal period. Now, when you drop, so within those first eight days, you get your money back, all right? It's not considered an attempt. Nothing will go on your transcript. It's basically like you never registered or took that class. Once you go past the drop and you're into the withdrawal period. Now, the withdrawal period for a full semester class is like 91, 92 days. It's about the 13th week of the semester. So you have a much longer time period. However, um, you do not get your money back. There's no refund. So once you go past that eighth day, you've paid for that class. Um, a W will go on your transcript signifying that you attempted the class. Now here at Moraine, we just put a W. Some schools, just be aware for those of you who are going to transfer eventually, some schools will actually put a W with the grade that you were earning at the time you withdrew. So if you were failing that class when you withdrew, they'll put WF. If you were getting a C, they'll put WC. All right, you want to be aware of that. Um, withdrawing is considered an attempt. Um, that's important when I talk about financial aid in a minute. Um, withdrawing from classes can affect your financial aid, um, not just for that semester, but going forward. Uh, and the other thing is W's can affect your transfer chances. Now, the kind of old school mentality was always, hey, if you're struggling in a class, you should withdraw. Withdrawals don't affect your GPA. You can retake it and move on. However, as schools have gotten more competitive, um, they have started looking at other ways to decide who gets in and who doesn't. And one of the things they're starting to look at is withdrawals or the number of times you've attempted a course. Um, any nursing students here today, by chance? Yeah. So this is really common amongst nursing programs. I can tell you, um, just for example, Trinity Christian, Lewis, and St. Francis, they allow you to take a required course twice. If you take it more than twice, that can generally be automatically, they will not consider your application. And I actually had a student a couple semesters ago, did really well, she had like a 3.8, she had everything in line, but she had taken COM 101 three times. Lewis denied her admission to their nursing program solely because she had taken that class three times. They didn't care about her A's in biology. They didn't care about her A's in organic chemistry. Um, all they saw was, hey, you took this class three times. You're only allowed to take it twice. Sorry, you know, we can't accept you. Um, so like I said, that old school mentality, you just want to think, you know, before you withdraw from a class, is that going to impact you down the road? Is that going to be uh, a problem for you? Now, for both, the deadline, the college does ask us as instructors to publish the deadlines on your syllabus. All right, so you should always see the deadline for both the drop and the withdraw. And the other thing that's really important, because I see this a lot as an advisor, non-attendance. Not attending a class does not constitute withdrawing or dropping. So if you register for a class and decide you don't want to take it and you just simply don't show up, you're still going to be on the roster. If you go to class for the first eight weeks and you decide you don't want to continue that class, all right, and you just simply stop showing up, you're still going to be on the roster. So it's your responsibility as students to make sure that you go to the registration office or log on to your portal and drop or withdraw yourself from that class. And I kid you not, guys, probably once a year, I give at least one F in my class because somebody stopped showing up and didn't drop or withdraw. A couple years ago, I actually gave four because of that. I taught an eight-week class, and I had four students who never showed up. I emailed them, told them, hey, you need to drop. Emailed them again, you need to withdraw. They never did. So at the end of the semester, I have to give you a grade. Well, if you didn't do any of the work, what's your grade going to be? Of course, it's not going to be an A, right? Um, so again, just be aware that there are deadlines, but it is your responsibility to drop and or withdraw. Okay? We doing okay? You guys awake still? I don't know. You look like you might be falling asleep. Sure? All right. Financial aid. So financial aid. If you have filled out a FAFSA and you are getting a grant, a loan, or you are doing work study, this applies to you. 
And these are not just Moraine Valley policies. So again, for those of you who are transferring, you know, these are Department of Education policies you want to be aware of. Uh, number one, to be eligible, you'd have to be a high school graduate or have a GED. Um, you have to be in an approved program of study. So for example, not every certificate that Moraine Valley offers is approved or can be covered by financial aid. Our uh, CNA program, for example, cannot be covered. Our phlebotomy program is not covered under financial aid. Uh, a program has to be at least 15 credit hours and more than one semester in order to be eligible to be covered under financial aid. You have to maintain good academic standing, meaning you have to have that 2.0 or better. Now again, just like the SOAP process, your developmental classes affect your financial aid eligibility. Okay, so remember, if you took a Math 098 or a Com 85, that grade is affecting your financial aid GPA. You have to be in at least one college level course. Um, so you can't take all dev ed classes and get your student loans or anything like that. You do need to take at least one college level class. Um, you also have to maintain a satisfactory completion ratio. You have to complete 67% or more of the classes you attempt. So every time you withdraw from a class, that goes against your completion ratio. Every time you fail a class, that not only affects your GPA, but it also affects your completion ratio because it's complete and pass. So I always use the example, and I don't have a, a whiteboard here today, but let's just say, for example, you have a first semester student taking 12 credit hours. And that student gets two A's and withdraws from two of the classes, right? So their GPA is a 4.0 because they had two A's, right? Two A's is a 4.0. So they would think, all right, I'm okay. I got a 4.0 because most students know about the GPA, but they don't know about the completion ratio. Problem is for that student, yes, they have a 4.0, which sounds great, but their completion ratio would be 6 of 12, which is 50%, right? So that student would actually be below 67% completion. Now, the way it works is there's, there's two statuses. Well, there's, there's the good status and then there's two bad statuses, so to speak. There's non-compliant one. So the first time you fall below a 2.0 or your completion ratio is too low, you go to non-compliant one. At that point, you've lost your student loans. You get one more semester if you're grant or work study eligible. Second time, you go to non-compliant two. At that point, you have lost all of your financial aid. You're not eligible for your grants, your loans, or your work study. You have to pay for school out of pocket, get yourself back into good standing, and then you can return or, or start using your financial aid again. But let's be honest, why do most students use financial aid? They can't pay for school, right? So it's kind of this big you know, catch-22. If you don't have the money to pay for school, how are you going to pay, take classes, and get yourself back into good standing? So unfortunately for most students, when they lose their financial aid, that may very well be the end of their academic career. Okay, so again, you want to be aware, um, withdrawals can affect you, they can be a problem even though they don't affect just your GPA. There's also what we call the 150% rule. So the 150% rule says that you can attempt a maximum number of credits and it's equal to 150% of what's required for your program of study. Okay, so let's just simplify that. I believe in keeping things simple. I used to work in sales and if you ever work in sales, you know about the KISS method, right? You guys know what the KISS method is? Keep it simple, stupid. You guys never heard that? It's a tough crowd, Troy, I don't know. <laughs> so you can, all right, if you're transferring, you're probably gonna get an Associate of Arts or an Associate of Science degree, right? An Associate of Arts degree requires 62 credit hours. So 150% of 62 would be 93. That means you can attempt a maximum number uh, of 93 credits while you're a student here at Moraine Valley, okay? Now, that may sound like a lot, but think about it. Every time you withdraw from a class, 
that's an attempted course. Every time you, uh, for those of you who have ever changed majors, you know, maybe you take three or four classes towards that business major. Now you've decided you want to go into engineering. Okay, I see more students who hit that 93-hour mark, and one of the main reasons is usually because of major change. Um, the other thing, developmental classes. Even if you never fail a class, never withdraw, never change your major, if you have to take developmental classes, just for example, let's say you started in Math 090. You gotta take Math 90, 95, and 98. That's 11 credit hours of developmental math classes that are gonna go towards that 93. So even if you never failed, withdrew, or anything, you're gonna take at least 73 credit hours while you're a student here at Moraine Valley, okay? Uh, summer classes. If you are a full-time student in both the fall and spring semester and you plan to take summer classes, all of your financial aid would have been distributed between the fall and spring semester. So there's no money left you know, for you to take a summer class. So if you get a refund check in the spring before you go and buy that new purse or that new PlayStation or whatever it is that you wanted, you may want to think about, am I going to try and take a summer class? Should I be hanging on to this money um, you know, to use for my summer tuition? And I always say, just as a side note, blowing that money in that way, that's actually a crime because one of the things that you sign when you sign your financial aid documents says that this money is to be used for educational and educational related expenses only. I don't think a PlayStation, as much as I love to game myself, um, I don't think a PlayStation could be you know, considered an educational related expense. All right, so just be aware of that as well. I don't know, I'll be honest, I don't know anyone who's ever gotten, you know, actually tracked down and, and prosecuted for that, but it is something you want to be aware of, okay? And then additionally, for those of you long-term, if your intention is to go to beyond a bachelor's, you want to get a master's degree, you want to go to law school, you know, whatever it may be, once you have a bachelor's degree, you are no longer eligible for grants through the Department of Education. So if you're going to go to law school, understand there's going to be no grants um, for you to go to law school. You're going to have to pay for that or student loans or, you know, fellowships or whatever it may be, okay? Um, and then I also tell students, you want to be aware that there are borrowing limits. There are annual borrowing limits each year, and there's also a lifetime or aggregate borrowing limit. And this is important when it comes into your planning, okay, because you want to think about how much is the school I'm going to try and go to. If you're going to go to a school where, let's say, this, the tuition or tuition and room board is $30,000 a year, and you can only borrow $10,000, where's that other $20,000 going to come from? Additionally, if I remember correctly, the, um, the lifetime borrowing limit is like $53,000, which, again, sounds like a lot of money until you realize, oh, the school I'm going to go to is $35,000 a year, 35 plus 35, even if you're only going to be there for two years, $70,000. Where is that extra money coming from? Okay, so it's just important to think about that in terms of your planning. All right. So again, we doing okay? Questions? You guys, you guys, that group, you just don't ask questions. It takes the same amount of time no matter what. All right. You can have fun and, and learn. It's allowed. All right. Ability to benefit. Simply put, Moraine Valley has what's called the ability to benefit policy, which means you can attempt a number of cla uh, attempt classes a maximum number of times. If it's a college level course, it's three times. If it's a developmental course, it's four. Financial aid only covers the first two attempts. So if you withdraw from a class twice and need to take it a third time, you want to be aware that financial aid will not pay for that third attempt. You'll need to pay for that out of pocket. Um, and prior to your third and fourth attempt, you are required to meet with a counselor to get an ability to benefit clearance. Um, so if you ever try to register for a class a third time and you get blocked, you'll need to go to that counseling center in S202 and, and request an ability to benefit clearance. 
Um, academic integrity. So it's only like the third week of class. I'm sure you guys have heard a lot about academic integrity in the first couple weeks. So I'm not going to go into the whole what is cheating, what is plagiarizing. Hopefully you have a good idea of what, you know, what it is. Um, I'd just like to point out that just like poor academic performance, you can ultimately get kicked out of Moraine Valley if you're caught cheating or plagiarizing too many times. You also want to be aware um, it's throughout the life of lifetime that you take classes at Marine. So it doesn't have to be in the same class, same semester, same year. If you get caught cheating this semester, and then a year from now you get caught plagiarizing, that's your second offense, all right? And it's basically same deal. First time is a warning, second time is caution, third time you're suspended for a semester, fourth time you're dismissed for the full academic year, and you have to petition for reinstatement, okay? So there are implications to uh, academic integrity. Additionally, I know because I just was working with a student the other day, a lot of universities are starting to ask. You know, they actually have a, there's a form that you fill out and you have to have a, a school administrator sign that says, has this student ever had any behavioral issues, any issues of cheating, plagiarizing, or anything like that. So again, the long-term implication of, hey, is this going to affect my ability to be able to get into, you know, whatever school or whatever major, um, you know, there's, there's some implications there as well. Uh, calculating a GPA, I find most students know how to do this from high school, however, there's uh, one important difference at college, and that is different classes have a different credit hour weight, and you have to account for that. So for example, if you're taking College 101 and you get an A, an A is a four, right? Four, you know, four is an A, three is a B, we, I think we all know that. College 101 is a one credit hour class. So you would take the four for the A times the one credit hour, it would give you four points, all right? If you get a C in your biology, that's a two for the C times the four credit hours would give you eight points. And then what you do is you simply add up all your points, you divide it by your credit hours, and that gives you your GPA. Now again, just to reiterate what I was talking about a couple slides ago, this is the exact same student, all right? However, this student failed COM 90. Now remember I said COM 90 because it's developmental, that wouldn't affect your college GPA. So the student's college GPA would be a two, above a 2.0. They'd be okay. However, for financial aid and SOAP, because COM 90 does affect them, when you calculate that in, this student actually has a 1.7. So this student is actually not in good standing like they may have thought. All right, so again, that's why I say you may need to hand calculate your GPA when you, um, at the end of the semester, if you've taken any of those developmental classes. All right. The completion ratio, same kind of thing, right? You need to figure out how many hours you've attempted, which the simplest way to think of that is every class you didn't drop is an attempted hour. So that could be a class you passed, failed, withdrew from. Uh, repeats, if you don't know, if you, if you, let's say you take a class uh, Bio 180 and you get a C in it, and you decide, you know what, I really need an A so I can get into the nursing program. So you retake that class and you get an A. You don't get double credit for taking a class twice. So you would have attempted it twice, but you only get credit for it once. So you also need to factor in attempts, uh, repeats in that. And then your completed hours, again, that's anything you've successfully completed, uh, so that you've successfully completed and passed, excuse me. Um, and again, only the first attempt would count. So that, pretty simple. You take your completed hours, you divide it by your attempted hours, you multiply that by 100, and it gives you your completion ratio, okay? Um, and just so you guys know, for those of you if you're interested, there are um, instructions on how to do this on both the financial aid website as well as in the college catalog um, if you're not familiar with doing either one of these. So it is, the information is out there.
All right. Alternative learning. I find a lot of students do not know that there are ways other than taking a class to earn college credit. Um, AP credit, right? If you took AP in high school and you took the exam, make sure if you haven't already done so that you've submitted your AP scores to our records office um, because it's not an automatic process. It's, you have to go and get a, a copy of that score report and submit it so that it's, um, so you receive credit for it. Uh, dual credit, if you went to one of the Moraine Valley District High Schools, uh, the dual credit should have already posted to your account. You should see that when you log into your portal. You should be able to see whatever class it is that you um, received credit for. All right. um, if you went to a high school outside of Moraine Valley's district, you may need to uh, go find out where that credit posted and get a transcript from that college. So for example, if you went to a city high school and maybe your credit's posted to Daly College, you need to go to Daly uh, get a copy of your transcript and submit that to our records office to receive credit. It's not an automatic thing. Now, while you're here, there's some ways. Uh, one is proficiency credit. So if you've ever done any type of training that, you, that it was documented, you may be able to submit that for credit. So for example, if you guys have ever seen the Sheriff's Academy folks downstairs, um, when they complete the Sheriff's Academy, they can submit those records and receive college credit for it. If you've gone through the State Fire Marshal Academy, uh, if you're a mechanic who has ASE certifications, if you're an IT person and you have any type of IT certification, there's all sorts of different certifications out there that you can submit and potentially get college credit for it. Okay? Uh, there's also something called Achieve Prior Learning. So maybe you haven't gone through formal training, but you feel like you have a skill that you can demonstrate. Um, I see this a lot, for example, with keyboarding. Some of our programs require a keyboarding class. Um, we'll have students who come in and say, look, I can type 100 words a minute. I don't need to take a keyboarding class. So they go, they do what's called a challenge exam, and I think they have to demonstrate like 40 or 50 words a minute. As long as they do so, they receive credit you know, for that keyboarding class. So again, there's a lot of different classes um, that you can receive credit for um, you know, through either a, you know, like a hands-on exam uh, or a written exam, whatever it may be. Okay? Um, and the last one is CLEP. Now, proficiency credit and APL, those are done internally through Moraine Valley. CLEP is a national um, exam that you can take. Uh, there's probably, I'm going to say, roughly 20 different classes that you can clep out of. And basically what you do is you take the final exam. As long as you pass with the required score, you can receive credit for that class. So one of the ones I see most commonly, for example, is Spanish. Uh, if you are fluent in Spanish, you can read and write it, you can go take a clep exam and have the potential to get credit for Spanish 101 and Spanish 102. So that's eight credit hours for one exam. You don't have to take the class, you don't have to buy the books, you don't have to pay the tuition. I think the CLEP test is maybe about 100 bucks, you know, give or take, all right? Um, also, COM 101, if you feel like you're a really strong writer, and maybe you don't need to take Composition uh, 1, COM 101, you can take a CLEP exam and potentially CLEP out of COM 101. But again, there's about 20 different classes. There's a math class, there's history classes, humanities, literature, there's all sorts of different classes that you can potentially CLEP out of, okay? Making sense? Questions? All right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you set it up through uh, L244, which is right around the corner here, and then you take it in the testing center. But it's on specific dates and everything, so you have to, to set it up that way. Any other questions? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, okay, so if a student repeats a class, uh, Moraine Valley has a policy that we use the most recent grade. 
So if you took the class first time and got a C, and then you retake it and get an A, we are going to calculate your GPA based on the A. However, a lot of schools, if you are transferring, will actually calculate your GPA based on the average of the two. Some schools will only look at the first attempt, so it's, it's always a school-by-school school policy. Um, so like, for example, let's say you failed the class first time and then you get an A, that might average out to like you got a C, you know, that kind of thing. So again, it just depends on the specific school, but in terms of Moraine Valley, we use the most recent of the grades, so thank you. All right, we doing okay? All right, so I want to change gears a little bit. I want to talk, uh, get away from policies, and I want to talk a little bit about student expectations, okay? So, one of the things that I like to start this conversation by saying, or I guess it's just kind of a statement of a simple fact, is that you want to recognize, guys, that you're lucky to be here, all right? Now, I don't know, maybe when I was young, I might have been the same way, okay? And I'm not aiming this at anyone in this room, so don't take it personal, but I've been working here long enough to notice that for too many students, you act like you're bothered to be here. Some of you all, quite, quite frankly, act like you're pissed off to be here. And I don't understand that, because education is an opportunity. And I'll, I, I'm kind of blunt. If you don't want to be here, maybe you should consider whether or not you should be here, okay? Because I can all but guarantee you there's somebody who wants that seat that you're sitting in. The other reason I bring this up is you have to understand that education is an opportunity. Yes, you may be paying to work, you know, paying to be here, but it's still an opportunity that many people don't have. And chances are, if you're that bothered to be here, you're probably not gonna do well with your time here, okay? So, you know, kind of, I guess, like a food for thought, or, you know, I always say life is about perception, all right? So let's be honest for a minute. If the worst part of your day today was that you had to come to the library and listen to my boring presentation, your life is probably pretty good. You know, if the worst part of your day today was that it took you a whole five minutes to find somewhere to park in the parking lot, your life is probably pretty good. You know, in the grand scheme of everywhere you could be right now, dodging bullets, you know, cleaning porta potties, you know, if you know any veterans, ask them about pulling latrine duty and how much fun that was when they were when they were in country. Since this is being recorded, I won't I won't tell you guys what it is, but it's 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 not a pleasant experience from what I've been told. All right. So again, guys, always think about, you know, Think about perception, you know, think about, you know, is this really so bad? You know, sitting in a nice air-conditioned library, listening to some boring guy go on and on and on. I mean, I don't know, you know, that's for you to decide, I guess, all right? And that same kind of thing. You guys, you wanna allow yourself to learn, okay? Now, I'll be honest, I don't care if you were valedictorian of your class, I don't care if you dropped out and got a GED, the simple fact of the matter is you do not know everything. Okay? I don't care if you have a doctorate degree, a master's degree, I don't care if you have 10 doctorate degrees. You do not know everything. You might have taken an English class in high school. You're going to take another one in college. You might have taken a math class in high school. You're going to take another one in college. Okay? You have to keep that open mind to understand that there is still more to learn. Okay? If you approach, a, I don't care if it's a, a life situation, if it's a class, whatever it is, if you approach something with the mindset that I'm not going to learn anything, you're not gonna learn anything because you've closed yourself off from any knowledge that is gonna be presented to you, okay? Now, so I have, a, I have a martial arts background. I studied martial arts pretty much since I was a little kid and there's this old story that goes back um, and uh, basically the gist of it is, so there was this uh, scholar and he wants to go learn from a Zen master. This wouldn't be like any ordinary student. This would be like, think about it like a doctoral student, I guess. Somebody who's already very wise, he already has a lot of knowledge. So he goes to meet with a Zen master and they're talking and he just kind of keeps interrupting. You know, the Zen master's trying to teach him and he's just like, I already know that. 
I already know that. You're not teaching me anything I don't already know. So the Zen master being the wise person he is, he says, you know what, let's take a break. Let's go sit down and have a cup of coffee. Or a cup of tea, actually, right? Nowadays, we would drink coffee. Back then, it'd be tea. So what he does is he puts the teacup on a table in front of the student, and he starts pouring tea into the cup. And he's just kind of staring at him, right? Now, you don't have to be an engineer to know what's going to happen. Really? You guys don't know? It's going to overflow, right? Obviously, a cup can only hold so much liquid. So after a minute, the student's like, hey, hey, stop, stop. You know, that cup is full. And the Zen master looks at him, he goes, exactly. He goes, but you know what? He goes, you're the cup. You're already so full of everything you think you know and the knowledge that you may have that there's nothing left for me to teach you. There's no room for me to teach you anything new. So if you want to learn from me, you need to empty your cup, okay? And I'll give you another example. About a year ago, I was doing the brakes on my car. All right, my wife isn't here today, otherwise she could tell you this isn't a true story, I'm not making this up. My car is 10 years old, it's got 100,000 miles, it's probably the fourth or fifth time I've done the brakes. Well, on this particular day, the rotor decided it wanted to not come off. So if you know me, I'm out there, I'm kicking this thing, I'm yelling, screaming, swearing, I got a sledgehammer beating it, doesn't want to budge. So after about 20 minutes, my wife comes out with her iPad. She's like, hey babe, I found this online, you know, take a look, maybe it'll help. Now, in that moment, right, I've got two choices, right? I can be your, you know, listen here woman, I know what I'm doing, right? I know everything. I'm a man, right? By the way, men, we don't know everything, but that's another conversation for another time. Or I can recognize that, hey, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe I have something to learn. So what did I do? I'm like, yeah, let me take a look. I look at it. I watch this little five-minute YouTube video. Okay, cool. Boom, boom, boom. Ten minutes later, rotor pops right off. Okay. Now, again, guys, I mean, I know it sounds silly. It sounds stupid, but it's relevant because you have to remember you don't know everything. There's always something new to learn, whether that's in school outside of school, you always have something new to learn, okay? So, let me ask you guys. How many of you are expecting to one day flunk out of college? No one? Good, that's good. But now, let me ask you this. How many of you have ever said, I'm not a math person, I'm not a science person, I can't get up and give speeches in front of people, right? Yeah, isn't that a part of graduating one day? You're gonna have to do all those things, you know? Guys, just like you're expecting to succeed overall and graduate from college, I want to encourage you, approach each class, each test, each assignment, you know, for, with that same positive mindset. I can do this, I'll get through it, um, you know, whatever. Now, I'll be honest, I'm not, I don't believe in the secret, no offense to anyone who does, okay, this whole idea of, oh, if I just will it, somehow it magically finds me, that's crap. I believe in hard work, I do believe in positive versus negative, okay? And I believe that if you approach things from that point of positivity, you are more likely to be successful. And if you guys ever go on a job interview, right? When you go on a job interview, do you walk in like, hey, how you doing? I'm Jeremy, right? No, you walk in, you project confidence, okay? If you ever asked a girl out, asked a guy out, same kind of thing, right? You don't walk up like, hey, like, you wanna maybe go out sometime? Or, you know, like, I don't know. No, you're gonna walk up like, hey, sorry, Troy, I'm the shit. You don't even realize it, but you're gonna go out with me. You know, that kind of thing. All right, positive versus negative, guys, okay? Same kind of thing. Guys, you wanna run your own race. So I'll be, I, I got this from one of our deans here. His name's Chet Shaw. If you ever get a chance to talk to Chet, talk to him. He's an awesome guy, super cool. You know, I, I can't say enough good things about him. But he tells this story. So when he was younger, when he was in high school and college, he ran track. And he told me the story about how, he's like, you know, I was fast. And he goes, the thing is though, he's like, I'd start running my race, I'd get a lead, and you know what he would instantly do? He'd start looking back. He wants to see where everyone else is. 
So one day his track coach pulled him aside and he's like, dude, just run your race. It doesn't matter where everyone else is at. Just run as fast as you can. You know, don't worry about all these other people. Now, how does that relate to education? So here's the thing, guys. You, it, some of you may have already experienced this. Some of you will, I'm sure. The reality is some of you guys are going to graduate from Marine in two years. Some of you are going to be here for three. Some of you will have your bachelor's degree in four. Some of you will take five or six, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, one day your mom will come home, your dad will come home, and she'll be like, you know, hey, I was talking to, I was talking to Joe at the office, and didn't you go to school with Joe's daughter? Did you know she's already graduated and you're still going to college? What's going on, you know? Or you're going to start doing that because your friends will have graduated and moved on or you're, you know, they'll be in dental school and you're still working on your bachelor's degree. Guys, this is going to sound really cheesy, but be the best you you can be, okay? You have to run your race in this life. You have to walk your path in this life. My sister, Trisha, love her to death, right? She's five years younger than me. She graduated college before I did, okay? Now, I don't feel like I'm a failure somehow because she graduated first. You know, my life, you know, certain things happen, whatever. Uh, my sister has two master's degrees. I only have one, you know. Now, if I compare myself, you know, to my sister, I'd be a failure, right? She graduated first. She's got two degrees. I only got one. But I don't feel that way. You know, I measure my success, you know, based on what I've set out to accomplish. Now, would I have liked to have graduated at 22 like a, you know, quote-unquote normal student? Yes. I was 28. Oh, well. In the grand scheme of where my life is going, what's more important is that I graduated. I accomplished what I set out to accomplish. Okay? And the last thing I want to say for this slide is, guys, why are you here? Why are you coming to school? Okay? Hopefully to learn, to gain knowledge. Okay? Guys, ask questions. Okay? Be a nerd. Be a dork. Be whatever. Okay? Ask questions. Seize this opportunity you have to gain knowledge from that person you know, in front of you, whether it's a teacher, a classmate, an advisor, a counselor, an administrator, ask questions. You are here to learn, okay? So, another thing, active and engaged learning. You may have heard people talk about this, all right? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach it from kind of a different standpoint, all right? So what is active and engaged learning? Okay, so some of you guys, especially in the front row, you may have noticed I have a little bit of a weight problem, okay? Which is a nice way of saying I'm fat, all right? So I decided recently that I'm going to join the fitness center here. If you haven't, you should go work out the Fit Rec. It's a great place. All right. Now, let's say I go to the Fit Rec every day for the next six months, and I don't do anything. Right? Now, if you've ever been to the gym, you know the guy I'm talking about, the guy who just kind of sits on the bench, stands on the treadmill. Right? Let's say I'm that guy. Right? Now, but I go every day. I go every day for six months. Am I going to lose the 30 pounds I'm trying to lose? Why not? I didn't do anything, right? So, you think maybe education's the same way? You think simply showing up day after day but doing nothing? Do you think you're going to get the results you're setting out to achieve? Right? Um, this library is full of these things here. They're called books. They're meant to be opened and read. Okay? Um, when your teacher tells you to prepare for a class, you know you have to prepare for a class. All right? Don't be the student who sits in the back the whole time, you know, doing the, the head bob. Right? You know, because you're playing on your phone, you're checking Facebook, Snapchat, and whatever. Okay? You guys, unplug. All right? No offense, none of you are so important that you can't unplug from the rest of the world for 50 minutes to learn something while you're in that class. Okay? The point more important though is, guys, just like working out takes effort, it takes doing something to achieve those results, education takes effort. It requires doing something 
to achieve results, okay? So I wanna encourage you to think about that. Um, and just some specific examples. Number one, we give you a syllabi or a syllabus at the beginning of every semester for a reason. There's pretty much all the information you need in that to, to be successful in that class, when things are due, what's the grading scale, what are the expectations. Read it, understand it. If you don't, ask questions about it, okay? You know, we give it to you for a reason. Um, any sports fans, right, right? How many of you guys, for example, I know the Blackhawks are the big thing in Chicago right now, so how many of you guys would pay 100, 150 bucks for a Blackhawks ticket and then not go to the game? You'd pay for a ticket and not go? You, you could, I guess, that, that's an option, not bad. But, you know, again, let's think about this in terms of education. Why is it that students pay hundreds of dollars, even thousands of dollars to take a class and then don't go? You know, again, you know, I mean, like I said, it takes effort, showing up is not enough, but you do have to actually show up. I mean, you know, so same kind of thing, guys. Be prepared. When your instructor tells you read chapter two, read chapter two. Tells you to review the PowerPoint online, review the PowerPoint online. It usually makes class more fun, by the way, because then we don't have to stand back and just sit there and lecture. You know, we can actually have conversations, we can have a discussion about things instead of just simply, you know, being that boring class where I talk and you guys take notes, right? You don't like that, I don't like that. So again, be prepared, all right? Uh, pay attention, okay? You know, again, simply showing up is not enough. If you're sidetracked because you're on Twitter or Facebook or Snapchatting or whatever, you know, are you actually learning, you know, what you set out to learn? Um, get things done on time. A lot of instructors don't accept late work. Most of the ones who do usually dock you points, all right? So you're kind of just setting yourself up to fail by not getting those things done on time. Um, let me ask you this. How many of you guys in every one of your classes, you have at least one person that you have their phone number, their email address, your friends on Facebook, something? Anyone? Good, you should, right? Because in spite of everything I'm telling you today, what's the reality of the world? The reality is people get sick, cars break down, you are from time to time gonna miss class. Now don't you think it would be to your benefit to have somebody that you could call and say, hey look, I'm not gonna be there today, can you, you know, if the instructor gives out an assignment, can you get me a copy? Can I borrow your notes, you know, so that I can get caught up on what I missed? You know, again guys, it's all about being proactive, taking ownership of your education, all right? Ultimately what it comes down to guys, and this is a life lesson, not just a, a school lesson, if you show teachers you care, if you show us you're invested in your education, we're more likely to go the extra mile for you. If, you if, if my impression is you don't care about your education, honestly, why should I? But yet, if you show me that you're trying, you're doing everything you can to be successful, I will work with you. you know? If you've submitted every assignment late, why should I care about this one that's not late? Versus the student who submits every assignment on time and is like, dude, I forgot it, I'm so sorry. Can I bring it to the next class? Can I email it to you? I'm gonna be more flexible with that student. May not be fair, may not be right, I don't know. All I know is that's just, that's how I operate as an instructor, okay? We doing all right? Questions? How are we doing on time? I tend to talk a lot. You guys notice that? <laughs> all right, couple other things. Number one, hopefully you're studying, but more importantly, you know, hopefully you're devoting your time to studying when you're studying, okay? You know, what's your study environment? Do you have the game on in the background? You've got your tablet out, you know, again, checking Twitter, doing 100 different things. Or are you just actually devoting time, you know, to that, to, to studying, okay? What, you know, where are you studying? You know, if you have a house full of people, brothers, sisters, mom, dad, whatever, 
you know, maybe that's not the best place for you to try and study. Maybe you want to think about coming to the library or going to find a quiet place, you know, uh, to devote your time to studying. You know, so again, just kind of think about that. Make, make the best use of your time, you know. Uh, getting organized, okay. Um, this is important, guys. This is, you know, this is probably one of the biggest barriers, in my opinion, to students' success, is a lack of organization, uh, a lack of time management, you know, those kind of things, all right? How many of you have a schedule? How many of you maintain a schedule? And now, what I mean, though, is I'm talking about a real schedule. I'm not talking about, like, oh, this is the time I go to class, and then the other 120 hours a week I don't account for. I'm talking about, you know, you account for class time, you account for study time, you account for, you know, all the things that are going on in your life. That's, that's what you want. You know, don't just, you know, kind of arbitrarily hope everything works out. You know, put a plan in motion. You know, have a dedicated time when you study. Hold yourself accountable to that being your study time. Just like you have a specific class time, you should have specific study time. And account for the fun stuff too. Guys, life's all about balance, okay? You do too much of the work and the, you know, all that, you're going to burn out. So you need that balance. Play video games, work out, you know, whatever it is that you enjoy. You need to account, you know, for the fun stuff as well. Um, very important to this is, guys, you've got to know yourself. How many of you are morning people? Where's my morning people? Okay, no. Where's my night people? Yeah, for my night people. How many of you guys are taking morning classes? Yeah, how's that working out? Yeah, right? Guys, be realistic. You know, let's be honest. If you don't roll out of bed till 10 o'clock every day, you probably don't want to sign up for an 8 o'clock class. You know, and I can say that as somebody who's taught 8 o'clock classes almost every semester for the last five years, okay, don't do it. <laughs> you know, same thing, if you're the, you know, if, you're, if you are the morning person, you know, don't try and take classes at 10, 11 o'clock at night. Now, let's be honest, I understand, you know, I worked my way through school, I get it. So for some of you, because of work and family and whatever other commitments you have outside of education, sometimes you just have to do what you have to do. But if you have the luxury of being able to build your schedule around you, wouldn't it make sense to kind of look at it and say, hey, you know, I like to stay up late and sleep in, so I shouldn't probably take a class until noon, you know, versus trying to struggle every morning to make it to that 7, 8, or 9 o'clock class, you know. So be realistic with yourself, guys. Same thing with studying. If you work better in the morning, try and plan your study time in the mornings. If you work better at night, try and plan your study time at night, okay. I'm a morning person. It drives my wife nuts, but 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm ready to go. 10 o'clock at night, I'm done. That's, that's Netflix time, you know, that's, that's battlefield time, whatever it is. That's not time to, you know, study or as a teacher now grade papers or, you know, anything else. Um, guys, set goals for yourself, okay? But more importantly, make a plan or start planning, okay? You also do want to be college graduates someday, right? Anybody taking 62 credit hours this semester? How about 120? Why not? You want to graduate. Isn't that what it takes to graduate? Well, of course, it's not feasible, right? But again, guys, you know, you want to start thinking about, okay, I don't care if it's your first semester, second semester, third semester. What are you doing and what should you be doing now to accomplish that goal of graduating a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, right? You take college, let's say you want to graduate in four years. Okay, so what do I need to do year one, year two, year three, year four? What do I need to do semester one? What do I need to do the first week of class, first month of class, first half of class? Guys, the things you're doing now are impacting whether or not you're going to be where you want to be four or five years from now, okay? For some of my colleagues in here, if you're a homeowner, right, same kind of thing. You didn't just wake up one day and decide, oh, I'm going to go out and buy a house tomorrow. You know, it takes planning. It takes time. i got to save money. I need my credit score to be this. i got to pay off bills, you know. Again, guys, a lot of this stuff is not just about school. It's about life, 
You, know, you take the big goals and you break them down into more manageable goals, okay? Um, keep track of things. You guys should all know roughly on any given, at any given point where you are and what your grade is in a particular class, okay? Probably once a semester, once a year, I get that email at the end of the semester, Mr. Kingery, you messed up, man. My, I know I didn't get a D. I know I, I had an A. And then I break down everything and it's like, how do you think you had a D? How did you not, I mean, how did you think you had an A? Like, you failed the midterm, you didn't turn in this assignment, you didn't, you know. You guys should all know, there shouldn't be any surprises at the end of the semester. And that's the same thing with your degree. You should know roughly where you are towards graduating. Now, I'm not saying you know exactly, but you should have an idea. What have I done? What do I have left? You know, where am I at towards that goal I'm trying to accomplish? How many credit hours have you earned? What classes are done? You know, whatever. And again, you don't have to figure this out on your own. Guess what's one of the main things I get paid to do here at the college? Is help you figure this kind of stuff out, okay? Um, utilize the resources that are here, okay? I don't care if it's me as an advisor, uh, there's a couple of the counselors here, the librarians, this, you know, I mean, Joe's, Joe's in the back here. Even when I was in graduate school, how many times did I call you or knock on your door like, hey man, I need help, you know? Can you, can you help me out with this, right? Utilize the resources that are at your disposal. And I'll be honest with you guys, if you don't like me after today, that's cool. There's like 15 other advisors you can go talk to. I don't care if you walk into the advising center, go up to the front desk and say, I wanna see any advisor except for Jeremy. I saw that dude's presentation, he's obnoxious and annoying, and I don't wanna talk to him. Because I'd rather you go over there and see somebody, right? Then not go over there, not take advantage of that resource that is there. Because all of us on this campus, we are here for you. Our job is to promote your success. And like I said, whether that's the counselors, advisors, the tutors, the writing center, the librarians, we are here to help you get to where you want to go. I always tell students, I'm your tour guide, right? You want to become an accountant? I'm going to help you figure out how to become an accountant. You want to be an engineer? I'm going to help you figure out how to become an engineer. That is what I do, okay? Um, and the other thing, guys, register early, okay? All right, I say this, I'll be honest, this is somewhat out of self-interest. Stop showing up in my office the day before classes start, okay? There's like 15,000 of you, there's 15 of us, all right? You guys get crabby because you have to wait. I'm crabby because I, I don't get a lunch, all right? So when registration starts, and I don't know the exact date for this semester, but when registration starts on November 15th, Register on November 15th, not January 12th when classes start on January 13th, okay? The other thing is, I know none of you guys are thinking about spring, but come see an advisor now. This is actually the time, we're slow. If you wait until November, again, everybody comes rushing in, there's long waits and you know, it's just chaos. Um, go see an advisor today, tomorrow. You know, get in there in the next few weeks. Same thing with the counselors, they get busy. Tutoring center, you know, same kind of thing. Don't wait until after midterm when you realize, oh, I'm failing, I better go do something. Be proactive, okay? Start figuring it out now. If you see yourself struggling, go to the tutoring center now, okay? Questions? We doing okay? All right, couple last things and then I'm gonna let you go on about your lives, okay? One of the things, guys, who's in your network, okay? And what I mean by this is, guys, how are the people that you surround yourself with, how are they impacting your life? Okay, are they helping you? Are they, are they positive? Are they supporting you? You know, are they helping you towards your goals? Or are they impediments? Are they obstacles? Are they getting in the way? Okay, you, one of the things you have to understand is that the world is bigger than the high school you went to. It's bigger than the neighborhood you grew up in. It's bigger than Moraine Valley, okay? Where you're gonna go is most likely bigger than those things, okay?
okay? If you're sitting here telling me you want to be a doctor and go to medical school, but yet everyone you hang out with is more worried about getting high and playing video games, there's probably a problem there. There's probably a disconnect with where you think you're going and where you're actually going, okay? So you want to think about that. You know, how are the people around you impacting you? You know, what effect are they having on your life? Do you have the kind of friends where if they call you, I'm like, hey, we're all going out tonight, and you're like, sorry, man, I got a test on Monday, I got to get ready for it. Are they going to be like, cool, no worries, or are they going to be the ones who pester you? Come on, it's just one test, blow it off. Like, we're going, it's someone's, it's, it's Jenny's birthday, right? You know, which, which friends do you have? And sometimes, I hate to say it, but sometimes it's family, you know, that can get in the way. You know, unfortunately, you can't just always, you know, cut them off quite as easy. But you do want to think about, you know, who are you surrounding yourself with? How is that affecting where you're trying to go? All right. And just a couple last-minute things. Um, this kind of just ties into, I guess you could say, like professionalism and kind of that part of growing. Um, guys, all of you are at a point in your life where you should have some kind of professional email address that you can put on a resume or a job application, okay? I've been here long enough as well as some of my colleagues. Um, we used to not always have Moraine Valley student email addresses. Um, I used to get emails from Smokey McPot 420. I used to get emails from Sexy Cheerleader XOXOXO, XO, XO, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, is that really what you want to put on your resume? Is that really what you want to put on a job application? Um, you know, what's your outgoing voicemail message? If you've applied for a job and somebody's going to call you for an interview, you know, are they going to hear something, you know, pretty simple like, hey, it's Jeremy, I'm not available? Or is it going to be some ridiculous movie quote, you know, song, you know, some five-minute song to the point where they're just like, forget this, and they hang up? You know, you want to think about that. Um, same thing with when you send emails and you leave voice messages. I get voicemails all the time, and I, and I, tr I try to know my students, you know, pretty well. Um, but, you know, when I get an e uh, a voicemail, it's like, hey, this is Joe, call me back. I know like 20 Joes in my personal life and probably another 50 here, you know, between faculty, staff, and students. So you might want to leave me something a little bit more detailed. Uh, maybe leave me your number so I can actually call you back, you know, that kind of thing. Um, same kind of thing with ringtones. Um, I had a student, this is a true story, a couple years ago, I work with a mentoring program here. We had brought in uh, members of the business community. This was a chance for these students to talk about, you know, internships and recommendations and everything. One of the students forgot to turn his cell phone ringer off. Now me, my ringer, it sounds like a train whistle, okay? Um, any of you guys ever see Pulp Fiction? Yeah, remember that scene where, where Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson's about to shoot the guy in the face and he's like, English mother, do you speak it? Yeah, that was his ringtone. Um, probably didn't look good in front of those, you know, four millionaires who owned their own businesses and he was trying to get an internship from or a, a letter of recommendation from. You know, so you might want to think about, you know, again, it's part of that kind of maturing, you know, process. Um, and then the last thing, guys, social media. All I'm going to say is I'm glad it didn't exist when I was young. You know, most of the stupid things I've done in my life have long been forgotten, okay? But let me simply say that not every thought that comes into your head needs to be posted to Twitter. Not every party you go to needs to have 100 pictures posted to Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, or whatever. Uh, for those of you who are under the age of 21, if your profile picture is a picture of you with a drink in your hand, that's probably not a good idea considering that is a crime. You know, underage drinking is a crime. Um, how many of you have ever Googled yourself, Googled your own name? I mean, Google search, not, you know. Man, you guys are brutal. You know, no one laughs at my jokes. I feel like I'm at home with my wife. <laughs> if you've never done it, guys, go home, 
throw your name into Google. You'll be amazed what comes up. Okay, and I guarantee you, it's you know, you talk talk to recruiters, talk to you know people who are in hiring positions. For so many people, that's the first thing they do nowadays. Is you know they they go look to social media to see who you are. Um, I was at a conference a couple years ago at Eastern Illinois University. The head of the uh, education department there was speaking. The semester before, he had four students who were in their final semester of college. They were student teaching, and the high school they were teaching at, the principal got wind that there was some not very favorable things on their uh, Facebook. He went, checked it out, took some screenshots. The next day, they were kicked out. Okay. Charlie Sheen, you guys all know who Charlie Sheen is? Charlie Sheen lost a $20 million a year job. $20 million a year job because of a Twitter rant. Okay? You know, you want to think about this. Okay? You know, what are you putting out to the world? That stuff doesn't go away. Okay? Um, just as a side note, fellas, if your profile picture is you shirtless in the bathroom, knock it off. Okay? Ladies, none of the none of the car pictures, you know, like, you know, right? I mean, come on. No, I'm kidding, obviously. But so, make sense though? Questions, comments, concerns, anything? I think that's it. Oh, yeah. Did I mention to ask questions? All right. So, I'll get you inside though. Any questions? I think Troy's got a mic or there's a mic somewhere. No? Did I bore you guys all to sleep? I mean, I know it's right after lunch. <laughs> questions? All right, well, thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Thank you.